real money. Real money? Money is the answer. Money? Yes! Money. Money. The game everyone plays, but few win. Extracting the knowledge from the top 1%. Extracting the knowledge. And teaching you the ever-changing rules of play. It's time to level up and take control of the money game. Let's talk money. Big, big, big money. Yes. Welcome back to the money game. Super stoked for the guest we have today. Uh, not only is he an incredible friend of mine, but this man, David Nurse, has been training NBA players, over 150 NBA players total to date consulting with top NBA coaches, top executives recently. Recently, he just, just was just named one of the top 50 keynote speakers in the world by Real Leaders, has written two books, one Amazon best bestseller with Breakthrough Blueprint and Pivot and Go. Welcome, David Nurse, to the podcast. How you doing, man? Ty, it's an absolute honor to be on here, man. And I, in all, in all honesty, like, I'm on here to learn from you, man. Like you hype me up really well, but <laughs> your knowledge in this space, like I- I'm turning everybody to you, man, because you're phenomenal at it. I appreciate it. And dude, we're super grateful for you coming on. I know obviously in the world you're in, you got time is time is precious. And so we're grateful for you to come on and share some knowledge with us. And just for everybody listening, the reason we're bringing David on today uh it's a really critical skill set that I think sometimes gets overlooked or it's such a normal phrase. Your net worth is your network that we know we have LinkedIn and all of this stuff. But David, in my opinion, of all the people I know, you may be the most incredible networker and have leveraged networking to develop and build a massive career. So we want to dive into your story a little bit. But just in typical tradition for the podcast and the money game, I think it's really important for people to understand where you grew up, kind of the conversations that took place in your home and how those kind of started you off on your journey. Absolutely, man. So my life started in the small cornfields of Pella, Iowa, and all I wanted to do was play in the NBA. You know this well. I mean, I moved down to Kearney, Missouri, and we were neighbors hooping out there in the driveway. And I poured everything into playing in the NBA, and I grinded my way to play college basketball. And then, a man, I'm playing overseas professionally, and it sounds sounds really cool to say professional overseas, but it was more like the Will Ferrell semi-pro. So, if you're looking at a good financial move, making $250 a month living in northern Spain in the Basque region is probably not the move to make. So, I <laughs> I end up getting cut from that team, and. Remember, I didn't have any backup plan. Like nobody taught me finance in school. Literally nobody taught me finance at a home either. I didn't really, and I do have a funny story on that when you say like, how was money talked about in your home? So my, I mean, my dad worked his butt off to make sure he'd provide for us. And, and, and we never really knew like what was, you know, if we were good or not, but I, I do have a funny story of investing and I just give my dad a hard time on this. I was, I was reading Kiplinger magazines back in the day. You know, I was in high school and I thought I knew all like, man, let me read this insight on these stocks and I'll be able to crush it, hit it big. And there was one that was, it was just, they they were about to make a a big time change from mail-in DVDs. It was Netflix. So they were doing the whole mail out the DVD type of thing. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Netflix is going to change to streaming. This could be really big. I'm like, dad, man, this like, 
they're saying it's huge, like the streaming thing, like it could be big. And I was going to invest my money. You know, it was probably like 250 bucks. It wasn't much, nothing. And he's like, no, no, like, there's no way that's going to work. No chance. And <laughs> like, months later, it shoots from like 29 in the stocks to like 300 something ridiculous. So I tell that story to everybody to know like, hey, it. I, I'm not banging on my dad for it because I mean, I, I don't even know if I'd have put any in on it, but always go to the wise for wisdom. So come to you, Ty, for wisdom in finances or find these people in the fields that are the best at it. And I know we'll touch base or go more in depth on this later on. But so anyways, cut from the team in Spain. I come back and I'm living on that recliner chair with my parents and feeling bad for myself, licking my wounds like, man, wh like why this happened to me? My my hopes, goals and dreams all taken away. And my mom would always say these motivational and inspirational quotes and usually be whatever mom in one ear out the other. And I was sitting kicked back in the recliner chair. She was doing dishes. She said, David, when one door closes, four open in an entire beachfront patio overlooking the ocean. It's like, well, I thought it was one door, one door. Where's this four doors and beachfront patio? But it hit me. What she was saying is that when a door closes in your life, when something's shut and you think it's the end, it's actually just an opportunity for something greater. It's all the perspective pivot that you have to have. But we all have these moments. Every successful person that I've been around has had some type of many multiple doors slamming in their face. But the ones who actually make it take what they've learned from that. So I didn't look at, hey, all this skill set and stuff that I learned about basketball and playing. I was like, well, it's all over now. I can't use this for anything. No, I decided I'm going to use this to be able to coach NBA players and have them, you know, with more God-given ability, seven foot height and athleticism, help them get to the NBA. So right from then and there, Ty, like I, I figured like, hey, I I'm going to coach in the NBA. I just got to figure out a way in. And I didn't have any connections at the time. So this is where the story comes in and how powerful it is to connect and build that relationship network. I, I love that. And I, I love because I feel this this is so common, right? I think anyone probably 35 and younger, especially grew up where parents, academics was everything, you know, our great grandparents, grandparents, if you had a college degree, it differentiated everything and it took you to the next echelon of wealth. Finances was less complicated. So I don't think financial literacy and the topics of, hey, you can push the bar financially, you can push the success to whatever level you want, or even just the tactics and strategies we're ever talked about in the home. But I love that even though maybe it wasn't something you guys talked about, there were some other intrinsic things in your home. Your mom saying, hey, anything you want is possible. And when life hits the fan, like there's just more opportunities and avenues to go to. And obviously that led you, would you say your parents helping you understand that, did that drive you and help you to believe in yourself enough to say, hey, I didn't make the NBA, I didn't make it overseas, but I'm going to dominate this game one way or another. Oh, great point, man. Yeah, absolutely. So the, 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 the life that my mom and my dad spoke into me, the belief, like that, that is everything. That made that me understand, well, if this isn't it, then I can do this. And I think that's such a big, important point for parents out there to know, like, speak life into your kids. You don't necessarily have to just just 
lie to them and give them a, a first place ribbon or whatever on everything, but but encourage them, speak life into them because you literally can do the things you want. And I do remember my dad saying, here's a great mindset tool for money and just the relationship with money is such a, I think it's one of the most difficult things for people to really grasp. And I remember him telling me, he's like, hey, David, if you, this was later on when I was out of college, like if you think you're a hundred thousand a year guy, that's what you're going to be. But if you think the the sky's the limit on it, then you can make whatever you want. So a lot of us will put this on, and this is what I call it, like term potential. You put these, this umbrella or this, this blanket over what you actually can be. And if you start thinking to yourself, well, I can only make a hundred thousand this year. That's all you're going to make. You're not going to push yourself yeah. forward. And my dad taught me that. He's like, hey, don't, don't put any limitations on you. You go get it. And what I found in my own life, the way to go get it is you've got to learn from the people who are doing it at the top. You've got to be around them. Like it's one thing to have an idea. Everybody can have an idea. Everybody can have a dream. It's a whole different ball game to actually follow through on that. So I became addicted to building relationships. One, because I love being around people. But two, I knew that was my ticket to get to where I wanted to get. So this story is so important for young people or anyone really looking to make a change or looking to get to another level. I, I wanted to coach in the NBA. So I hand wrote a letter to every NBA GM, sent it out to them, literally just asking if there's a way I could serve them. I wasn't saying, hey, give me a job. Everybody and their cousin is asking for that. You got to differentiate yourself a little bit, especially in the ask that you're making. And one of them got back to me a month and a half later. It was a GM of the Los Angeles Clippers, Gary Sachs. And it was just a normal conversation. And at the end of it, he said, you know, if you're ever out in Los Angeles, look me up. We'll grab coffee. So basically, good luck with the rest of your life, kid. But I took it as an opportunity. I spent all the money that I had. That's another point, too. you got to be willing to invest in yourself. You have to take that chance. And I stole some of my parents' money to book a ticket to L.A., <laughs> that next week and act like I had a basketball camp so I didn't look desperate. I prepared my butt off for that meeting. When you go into a relationship building type of meeting or you're meeting anyone, you have to prepare. You have to prepare. You have to over-prepare. And, and we had a great meeting. We, we hit it off and Gary's become one of my closest friends. He was in my wedding, as you know, and He's connected me. He was the spark to connect me to every NBA connection and eventually lead to a job years later, years later with the Brooklyn Nets as their shooting coach. But you, you have to take the chance like to build relationships, to get to where you want to get to. Even now when I'm hanging around, like I've been blessed to have some amazing friends, some of the best in real estate, finances, billionaires and everything. But you have to be willing to take the chance to reach out to them and reach out to them in a genuine way. And we can get more into that, but yeah, it's uh, I don't know even where I started on that, but it's, it's the parents what? pouring into your kids and giving them belief. <laughs> well, I, I wanna break a couple of things down because I, I personally have some huge takeaways from this. I love that story and I've heard you tell it a couple different times in a couple different uh, environments, but I think the first thing I take away and I think everybody needs to take this away is, you just had the will to win and you were willing to risk in a mindset of abundance. I think so many people have this scarcity mindset of, oh, like, yeah, I could write these letters. I could reach out to everybody, but what if it's a waste of time? I could buy the ticket out there and I could spend the last dollar I have, but there's just not any way I'm going to pull it off. I'm not that guy. And I love that you just, you put in the work. 
writing 50 handwritten letters to every NBA GM is something most people aren't going to do. And you only got one of them to hit you back, right? But then that was the doorway and the threshold to what initially started your first pivot into professionally coaching in the NBA, which leads you to the Brooklyn Nets years later. And I think you got so many college kids or even people just at a, a crossroad in their life. They've been working the same job for 20 years or 15 years or 10 years in the W2 space. And they have the same network. They like, right. You had your player network, just the guys you, you just said, Hey, screw it. I don't have this network, but I'm going to go find it. I'm going to make sure that I create it because I know it's a necessity. And obviously the service minds, I think that's huge. Just being able to have a genuine way to actually connect kind of, if you want to dive in on that as you're connecting, I know you've, you teach on this. This is one of the things that people come to you about to learn about each level as you're breaking from player to coach, from coach to author, you're breaching into a whole new different group of people and, and thought leaders and, and experts in space. How are you bridging those gaps each time? Yes, man, great question. I'm going to hit a lot of points here. So if there's at any point you want to dive in deeper on that, but I'm just going to yeah. give you the, the formula that I've found to be very successful. So anytime that you're connecting with somebody, you have to think about what do they want? It's not about you throwing up on them. Like I'll get messages on Instagram and it'll be like, David, can I pick your brain? I want to know how you got to where you got. No, number one, like don't ever use pick your brain to a stranger. Two, like why would I have time for you? I'm not saying it in a mean way, but like you have to provide value. So think about what that value is. Like for me, I, I had some NBA connections with some players, but even if I didn't, like it started off with just me saying I'll serve. Like think about what your gift is. Do you have a gift in real estate knowledge? Do you have a gift in finances? Do you have, a, do you have some type of give that somebody else that you want to connect with might have. And what that is, is that is your, that, that's your ticket to get in the door. That makes them interested in it. Now, in the message as well, anytime you send somebody a message, so we're talking about reaching out, connecting to somebody that you don't know. Number one, if you can always get a referral from somebody, like if Ty, if I was to say, hey, to one of my friends, hey, Ty's my good friend, like it's always gonna go a lot longer. So if you can have that yeah. referral go so much further if you have that, but if you don't, when you reach out, remember, every single interaction with somebody is an impression. They're judging you in some way. It's just the way life is. You might not say you judge somebody. Everybody judges on a snap. So when you reach out in an email or in a direct message, stand out. Like one, point out something that they're doing really well. So if it's an author, like if you're reaching out to me and you send me a picture of a chapter that you have highlighted and how much it's impacted you and your family, I'm going to take notice because I worked a ton on the book. So think about what they're doing and how that stands. It's just a word of encouragement. And that word of encouragement is so powerful. Everybody has the gift to encourage. And encouragement is the thing that can spark to the change of trajectory of somebody's entire life. So use that. Figure out what they're doing. Pour into that. And then stand out in the way you write it too. Like, People will write messages and they're like two sentences and they look like it's really boring and bland. No, that's that's why I use capital letters in the right spot, exclamation points. I've gotten messages from people that are like, man, I can feel your positive energy just through emails. And that's why they brought me on their podcast or that's why they brought me in to speak. So every message means something. Now, 
There's also, like, you, you can't just, like I said, throw up on everything. If you send them a novel message, they're not going to read it. They don't have a whole lot of time, whoever you're connecting with. I made this mistake. So I've learned all these from, from mistakes that I made. When I was coaching with the Nets, the new head coach came on. So let me spin this back. Okay, I'll talk. So when I was connecting with NBA coaches and wanting to get into the NBA, I'd always go out to Las Vegas Summer League because that's where everybody was. So in the market that you want to be in, figure out where everybody's hanging out. There's a place that they're doing that. This was Las Vegas in July. And I would just, I'd love to meet people. And I became addicted to getting business cards. And I do a great job staying in touch with them. Another point is once you get the connection, you have to cultivate it. Their people aren't going to reach out to you. You are the one that's going to cultivate it. So I did a great job of doing this. But there was one guy. I had coffee with him at Starbucks. One guy I forgot to get in touch with the assistant coach with the Atlanta Hawks. And he'd asked me a favor to help him get one of his former players to the Philippines where I had connections. Easy for me to do to connect him. Completely dropped the ball. Didn't stay in touch with him. When I'm at Brooklyn, after my first year at Brooklyn, they bring on a new head coach. Who do you think it is? It's the assistant coach for the Atlanta Hawks, the one guy I didn't stay in touch with. So I was worried there, all right? So I was like, man, okay. Uh, but, but a good friend of mine, Jeremy Lin, was close with him, so he was putting in the words. So I thought I'd be okay. All right, after the first practice in the offseason, I'm sitting in the hot tub. I can remember vividly exactly where I'm at, and I was sending him a text message because he was a player development guy to start with. So was I. So we had a lot of similarities. I sent him this, man, it was this novel of a message. Just, oh, it's so much fun being out there. We're so similar. It just went on and on and on and on. I got nothing back. I got fired a couple <laughs> days later. And I was talking to Jeremy. He's like, dude, did you send him like the longest message in history? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so I learned there in multiple, in that same thing, like always you have to cultivate the relationship it's great to make the spark, but are you staying in touch with him? I have a whole database of yeah. people that I want to stay in touch with. When did I reach out to them? Like, what was their, did they respond? Did they not? Like, you track all these kind of things. It's too hard not to. But then also make sure it's to the point. So the message should literally be show your energy, edify them before anything else, edify them. And then at the end of it, just be willing to serve. A lot of times I'll just say, hey, if there's anything I can do to help you, I'm, I'm here in your corner. I'm here to serve. And that has gone so far, man. Just just that in itself. And it's really easy to do. It's really easy to do. And I, I love that. I think I love the example, too, of you and one that went wrong, right? Kind of the, the negative side of if you, you don't cultivate it right, if you're not authentic. And I yeah. think that's that's where people feel that, right? That disingenuous almost like, hey, this dude's obviously trying to get something. <laughs> There, there's a, there's a big ask here. There's a big expectation and we've all done that, whether that's dating (laughs) or networking in in business and and in relationships, we've all gone way too far or done too little. And so walk me through, cause I know this is something I think everybody struggles with time management organization. You've got this database. How do you decide who are these people that I need to stay in touch with that are my, my like power players that need to be in my life and how do i say hey you know that's a that's just a way ancillary person there that i love i care about but you only have so much focus how do you know who to pour on to man and that's i mean that's the question that you you literally just have to continue to to sharpen out and 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 i'm not saying like hey these more important people like 
being able to connect with Mark Cuban by serving him and giving him basketball lessons before a game. Like, yeah, I'm going to check on him, but I'm also going to check on somebody from that, that might not be that big from my past or something. But so I, I call it the golden 15. And this is 15 people because it, it's, it's, it's hard to stay just really in touch and really pouring into hundreds of people. Now, I'll, I have about 100 people on my list and I'll touch base with them. But I know my people, the people that I love being around, the people that are going to also pour into me, that are going to challenge and support me, like people like Ed Milet, John Gordon, like I'm talking to them more on a regular basis. But also you can like, you can have your experts in every field. And this, I like to think of myself as a Formula One driver. Like I would be the worst Formula One driver there is, but they're the best driver. They have the best tire guy. They have the best fuel guy. They have the best brakes guy, all the engine guy, like they have the best in every area. So I like to surround myself with people who, first of all, are, are genuine people who want to serve. These aren't just takers. There's a difference. You're either totally. a taker or a giver, and you can pretty much sniff that out from the start. So don't hang around those people that are just taken from you. <clears throat> but these people that are the highest level in their area. So I know, like, I've got a guy, a really good friend who's Kent Clothier. He's one of the best real estate people that there is or Joel Marion just blows up any businesses is like I can John Gordon one of the best speakers authors so I know that I can go to these people for advice anytime that I need it but I've also built those relationships up so when I first met them it wasn't hey man like John dude I want to be an author can you give me a book deal with your publisher no it's about three years after I mean becoming for I love the guy one of my closest friends and then just suddenly out of nowhere, we're at a Miami Heat game and he's like, hey, you should talk to my publisher. Let's get you a three book deal. The next day I had a three book deal. That doesn't happen unless you pour into a relationship. And one of the biggest <clears throat> roadblocks for people is they want it quick. They don't play the long game. Like relationships are a long game. There's, there's people that I want to connect with, <clears throat> excuse me, like Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, <clears throat> that I don't know well, but I've been planting seeds for years, not pressure seeds, but planting seeds for sometime that connection will happen. Sometime it will not now, not now doesn't mean no, though. Like you can't if you push and push and push and push, you're going to burn somebody that that bridge and you, they won't want to connect with you. So be able to play the long game, plant seeds here and there, play the long game, but know the people around you, like set them up for how it can how it can help you in your life. If you need advice in some area, you have somebody to reach to. But it all like it all comes back, man, to like y you have to serve first. You have to literally look at relationships as you are going to give. You're going to pour into that person. If you don't get anything back out of it, that's totally OK. But you're willing yeah. to keep doing that. And I've been burnt many times. Like a lot of people say, well, I'm not going to do it because I'm just I just get burned. I'm just going to get burnt. No, I'm going to see the good in everybody and I'm going to give them a chance. I'll keep getting burnt. Like hopefully I'm a better judge of it. I should just tell my wife to meet them first because she has a much better filter than I do. But I'm going to keep giving them the chance because I know like one, people matter. They all have their own story and their importance. But two, like I, I want to be around the best people doing the best things for this world. I, so many good things. First, I want to kind of just recap a few of the things I'm taking away because dude, I'm learning a ton in this conversation right now. The golden 15, huge. It, I think that's such a good number, a good base. Like that's a tangible thing that anyone can go apply. Put these 15 people in your list. And especially for 
the topic that we're talking about, right, with the money, I think you, you got to have your wealth management. You got to have somebody that you go to for real estate. You got to have your tax guy. You got to have your business aspiration people like for you, John Gordon and Milet, the speakers. You got to have the people that are the level above you in wherever you're trying to go that you're genuinely creating that relationship with and be pouring into those and keeping tabs. And then obviously the close family or friend or whoever it is. And then, you know, the answer, a list of a hundred of touch and base. And then something I love that you said, and I think this just deals with everything in life. People are so instant gratification and relationships. It just doesn't exist that way. Right. There's outside that there's a reason prostitution is illegal. Most places like that's, you can't you can't ask for everything, right? It, it it takes time to cultivate something that's meaningful. It takes time to prove to people, and you see it. I feel the more mature you get in your professional career, Ed Milet, one of your good friends, he talks about this: the five, ten, fifteen, twenty year rooms mm-hmm. of people who've been in their space that long. In twenty year room, people don't do business. They don't have relationships and they don't give or take asks from people in the one year room. And it's because they don't know that you're committed enough and you haven't paid the dues and paid the processes. Mm -hmm. They can't rely. Like if I'm going to go and I'm the sales guy in the 20 year room, I'm going to go to the accountant in the 20 year room. I'm going to go to the financial expert in the 20 year room. I'm going to go to the speaker in the 20 year room because I know that those guys paid their dues in their space and assemble my team that way. And I love that. Just that takes time. You got to prove yourself to people, bro. That's such a good point. Like it is like a lot of people will hit me up and say, hey, like, like, how do I connect? How do I get in that room? How do I get? Hey, how do I start training NBA players? Well, are you willing to go through the 12 years of running basketball camps all over the place and 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 getting paid nothing to do workouts with players? Are you willing to go through that? Then we can talk. And it's it's also a, a strategy too, though that that I used, and I don't think many people know of is like yeah, we see these guys at the top, and that's who everybody tries to go for. But if I'm somebody who's young and up and coming in the space, like I'm looking to you, man, and I'm connecting with you, and I want to grow with you. I did this in the NBA. I looked around and I saw where all the like the young, you know, they might have been in front office or who had the potential to be a GM. Like these guys are going to move up. It's yeah. just how it's going to work. And I connected with them, built relationships with them. Now I've got like nine good friends in the NBA who are all GMs because you grow with those people. You don't have to just hit the top, but think about the people in your space or the people you want to connect with who's an up and coming person because they're not getting all these messages. Like I know Ed's getting yeah. billions of messages, but somebody else in the space. They're going to continue to grow. They're going to be at the top someday and you can grow with them. I love that. That's a, I think that's a super underlooked, underappreciated thing that you just mentioned. Going and finding the up-and-comers, right? Pouring into the future managers in your company, pouring into the future players, the future wealth managers. Go find the dude that's, you can tell they've got that drive. This guy has what I see in these people that I'm trying to connect with or that are above me or at my level. That dude's going to be this player. He's going to be the next gen here. Like we, we should be in touch. Um, and then what, let them prove themselves. Yeah, dude, absolutely. And like you can always take the shots to the big guys and stuff. And, it, and it's, it's great to have mentorship from them. But know that you're you're on your own time. You're on your own growth schedule. And 
The best advice that I can give somebody is always the advice that they don't want to hear. And it's just consistency over time. It literally is. You have your process and you just pour water on it daily. It's consistency over time. I've talked to the top fitness people in the world who are just jacked out of their mind. I was like, man, tell me the secret. Like, well, I've been doing this for 25 years. So it's it's with everything. And yeah. and most people find that like, well, man, it's just going to take so much time. But But the great thing is, if it happens to you quickly, let's say you rise to the top quickly, you're going to burn out because you haven't built the roots to withstand these storms that will inevitably hit. And yeah. you can look at it as like, man, I'm, I'm glad for this time. I'm glad it's taken me this long to get here because if it hadn't, like I wouldn't be prepared for it when it came. I love that. And I want to highlight something that I've kind of learned from you and from your book and then switch gears as we close up here from your book, Pivot and Go. Obviously you've pivoted a couple of times in your life. And I think sometimes people have this tendency where they're currently at may not be their dream scenario or they're hitting the wall and they don't serve the people around them to the fullest of their capacity. But from your story, and I've even seen it in my own life as I've really evaluated people who've become ultra wealthy or ultra successful as you serve and fulfill your responsibility to the highest level in your current role, right? You were a player overseas. It didn't work out, but the passion and tenacity you brought connected you to the Baines, connected you to these other players who gave you some of that base foundation of guys who ended up in the league. They knew as you went into coaching and into authorship and all these training stuff, hey, I can trust that guy. And you just never know who you're serving in your current role, that as you pivot, that those are going to be your best clients. Those are going to be your future business partners. And they're going to trust or judge who you are in your new role that you may be more equipped to do based off of how you fulfilled the old role that maybe wasn't your calling. There's just so much time left. Oh man, such a good point, man. And it's just like, it's just how you treat everybody. Like you don't have like the the people that always walk, that walk into a room and they're looking for the guy, like, like, nobody wants nobody wants that person like i teach people walk yeah. in the room look at your hands and say the word serve so it kicks it into your brain that you're going to serve that room you don't know who's who you don't have to put your pressure on yourself to connect with everybody in there or you're going to seem like the slimy person who's just using people god's going to put you in touch with the right people at the right time and you have to trust that it's a long game and you know how many times like i've just been really kind to someone who's like i didn't think they were anybody and it turns out they're like the ceo's wife like it happens a lot you don't know who is who and it, totally. at, at any event at anything like i'll make it a absolute staple that i'm going to just really edify the people that are putting in the work behind the scenes because they're the ones that literally they'll probably be the decision makers later on and it's just a way more fun way to live when you don't like when you're not trying to use people, like be re- relational over transactional is the best mindset that you can have in building a quote unquote network. Love it. Well, David, I know just closing up here, stay true to the time. Um, as you've worked with a ton of high performers, NBA players, and now you've obviously have a huge network of influencers, authors, speakers. Your income has increased as you've done that. And I I think this is such an important thing that people understand. 
when you're chasing dollars, a lot of times you're going to, you're going to hit some walls, but as you're chasing value to others, and I love that this is your mission and service as you create value in the marketplace, incremental income and opportunities is going to be a byproduct of it. That's just the way it goes. Dollars follow value created every single time. If you think you're valuable and the dollars aren't there, then you probably aren't creating the value that you perceive you think you are. But as you've been around these people who create massive value, massive wealth, massive you know, success in the NBA arena, how has that up network enhanced your vision and your belief system from an exposure standpoint where you believe you're going to go? Oh, man, it's everything. It's being around people who are who I say, if I say, hey, I'm going to I'm going to produce a TV show, I'm going to do this. They're like, yeah, man, go do it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Mo like most people have people in their lives are like, no, there's no way you can't do that. Oh, you're just this kid from this small town. And and then we start to feel that. So surrounding yourself with people who are extremely driven and that's just like the power of your environment is is everything, man. And uh, you hit on a point of the value, the money will come in the value. It's just like I teach NBA players. If, if you focus on the results, if you solely focus on the money, you're going to drive yourself nuts because there's going to be months where it's down and months where it's up. But if you focus on the process, your system and your process, which is the value that you're pouring into people, the money will eventually come. And I, I, I never wanted to believe that when people said that. I was like, well, you're wealthy, so you can say that now. But the two biggest things that I've like literally fail proof is if you give your money back and it's not even giving money back. Tithing is like, literally has been the yeah. biggest game changer for me. God gifts you with this money. It's just a return. He's like, hey, David, you can hold on to this because I trust you. You're going to give back. It's not like, hey, like this is my money. Like God gifted me with these abilities. He's letting me hold on to this money. I'm going to return the first 10% or 12%, now 14% back to him. And it more comes in, man, because it's, it's breaking that relationship and that I feel like, oh, I have to hold on to it. And trust me, there's times when I tithe and I'm like, oh, my, I do not want to hit this send button and give this much money away. It's tough. I earned this. No, I didn't. And it all comes back and then just providing value like literally poor like if you're doing something that is of purpose and you're passionate about it that's how you become on a mission and the money will eventually come i'm not saying hey like your passion is is uh, being a painter like go drop everything today and go paint no no it's what i call hiding the ships you pour into that if you pour into a little bit of being a great painter or what's it going to take and connecting in the painting world you have a different job making money to be able to provide for it. there's going to come a time where both of those level out and then you're able to step away. So have a game plan for where you want to yeah. get to, figure out what those steps are gonna be and work your way back. It, I love that. You can, I honestly couldn't even agree with you more on the time. There's oh. everybody I know that's truly wealthy uh, just has this incredible abundance mindset. And everybody I know who's struggling in money is a problem and it's a detriment in their life or their relationships. It's just this, I got to hold on to everything. There's just only so much of it. And I feel in, in from my faith and obviously your faith as well. I think God has put that commandment out there to help us learn. Like this is, it's not a big issue. Like you, you can create, let it go, let it go. The more you hold on to it, like the bigger you're going to be obsessed with this. Just like th there's, we're going to provide and, and everything that we've been given is from him anyway. <laughs> Yeah, there's a verse in Matthew and 
and I, I'm not very good at like just quoting verses, but he says like God takes care of the birds in the sky. Like, don't you think he thinks that you're more important than, important than them? He's going to take care of you. He's going to be fine. And you could probably tell this number out, but I know it's in like in like the last three or four years, there's been more money printed in the last th that amount than it has in like human history, which that means yeah. there's more money out there. Oh yeah. It's, it's crazy. There's, there's more opportunity. There's more dollars in the marketplace. There's more ways to create it than ever before. So the abundance is, is unbelievable. This isn't 1930. You know, if you didn't have a college degree, you couldn't work in an executive position on the Ford or the, the Chevrolets. There's a million ways to make a million bucks today. <laughs> you just, you got to open your paradigm. You got to expound your exposure with your network. And I love that's kind of your expertise. Uh, just in closing, David, super grateful. I've learned a ton. I think there's a ton of super valuable stuff in this. We'll drop a plug for all your social. I know you have a lot of resources on this, but just the final closing question, finish this however you can in a phrase or with a couple words. You can dominate the money game. If you dominate your mind. I think it's all down to the mind, man. It's the limitations you place upon yourself. It's the limitations you allow other people to place upon you. If you look at the money, like, just like you were talking about, it comes down to your relationship with money. If you look at money as something you have to hold on to, something that's scarce, something that you're going to shove underneath your mattress, you'll always lose. If you look at money as you're going to give it back to God, you're going to invest in yourself, you're going to be like giving with your money to others, it's all going to come back to you. So the more that you can release your mind from it, the more abundant it's going to flow. Extremely difficult to do, but when you do it, trust me, you'll come back to the podcast. You'll hit up Ty. You'll hit up me. You better thank you, man. Thank you for freeing my mind. Love it. David, where can everybody follow you best and easiest and where can they get some of your books? Yeah, davidnurse.com. I do a weekly newsletter and I have a text messaging group that's all on there that I pour a lot of value into and social media, David Nurse NBA, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then just, let's see, books, Amazon, anywhere books are found, Barnes and Nobles or come out to LA and we'll kick it on the beach. Love it. Appreciate it, David. This has been awesome. I know I got a ton of value. Everybody else will. We'll catch you guys next time on The Money Game. Appreciate your time. You've been listening to The Money Game. But we all love money. Helping you level up and take control. It's a lot of money, baby. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on social media. Real money. Real money. Money is the answer. Y'all be cool. And we'll see you next time on The Money Game. Money. Money. Yes!